What's happening, Red Raider Nation? Welcome to episode 20 of the Lone Raider Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm your host, Joni Young. With me as always, my good friend, Nathan, $4 in ago. What's up, Zuni? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing well, Jenna. How are you doing today, man? How's doing, it going? I'm doing okay. This has been quite the eventful week, so I was trying to hang in there, and it's not even over yet. So. Not even over. <laughs> well, what else might come? I hope it's something good. <laughs> and uh, also joining us today is our good friend, Mr. 210 himself, Nesto Martinez. What's up, Nesto? Yes, sir. What's up, man? Glad to have you back on the podcast. Become quite the regular recently, as we noticed. <laughs> so, um, on this week's episode, we are going to recap. Um, let's just call it wild events that have occurred this past week surrounding Texas Tech athletics. Um, you know, including some uh, this past basketball games we've had the flooding of the transfer portal. Paying some, of course, we're going to pay some respects to a legend. And talking about some Christmas movies, kind of, you know, in on a positive note there. Before we get into all that, though, I want to remind y'all to go ahead and follow our social media accounts. That is at Lone Raider Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also stream us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even on Amazon Music. Regardless of where you're listening, uh, welcome in to your sixth favorite text tech sports podcast brought to you by the fans who give some dams. If you also want to go ahead and, uh, uh, leave us a review, you know, subscribe, rate us, you know, do what you can. It really helps us uh, go a long way. Um, to be honest with you guys, I did not necessarily plan on doing a podcast this week. I did not think that there was going to be anything to really do on over. Of course, you know, we got the basketball games, which we'll touch on here a little bit later. I was kind of thinking maybe saving it until National Signing Day, and then we do kind of a you know a, a signing day segment, and then we also you know uh, preview the Ole Miss game you know on the uh, on the twenty first. You know, just kind of leaving at that. I uh, did not think that there would be this much to actually go over, and uh, I was wrong. So uh, let's uh, just go ahead and jump right on into it. So. Let's go ahead and start off with this one. Um, not really going to spend too much time on it. I think it just might be a bad omen if we really spend too much time on it, to be honest with you. But um, I think it's worth mentioning at least. Uh, UT basketball coach, former Texas Tech basketball coach, Chris Beard, was arrested on domestic violence charges against his fiance and faces third-degree felony charges. In the police report, the victim stated that she was strangled, had her glass slapped off her face, thrown to the floor from the bed, apparently had bite marks on her arm and bruising down her left leg. Uh, Chris Beard has been suspended indefinitely without pay. Still no um, word on termination from it. The university was pretty silent leading up to the... They actually had a game that night against Rice. We all knew this was kind of kind of coming. No real surprise there. Still no um, permanent decision, though, that has been made on UT's behalf. Uh, so, however, it's not the first time UT has had a player, um, or I'm sorry, UT has had a member that has faced a domestic violence charge this year. One of their players, Artiro Morris, also faced a misdemeanor domestic violence charges earlier this year. I believe it was back in either June or July involving his ex-girlfriend. He didn't face any jail time, nor was he suspended. You know, I, I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to harp on this too much. I don't want to sit here and put my foot in my mouth, but... You know, domestic violence is a real thing. It, it, it affects a, a lot of people. A lot of people really do suffer from it. You know, a lot of women you know, and, and men who suffer from domestic violence. It's nothing really to to joke about. Um, 
of course, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, like a oh, clown Chris Beard over it. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. We are, we're, we're above that whole thing, you know? And while I have admitted on this podcast that I, you know, didn't want to see Beard succeed at Texas. I mean, this is never something that you want to see any, any coach go through or anything to happen to anybody. Never in the world will we on this podcast ever want this to happen to somebody that we, that we hated. You know, this is a lot bigger than just basketball. You know, it's a lot bigger than just a game. And uh, it doesn't just affect him, it affects his whole family. But uh, we're going to continue to wait and see what happens. And uh, do you guys have anything you want to comment on? Any Anything you want to add on to that before we go ahead and move on? Nah, you pretty much hit it right on the nail, buddy. I mean, it's a wild story in general. And I mean, it's still ongoing. So really hard to comment on something that's not been, you know, solidified in the court. So, yeah, that's uh, really my two cents towards it. Just, um, yeah. Uh, hey, got anything else though? Uh, no, I mean, pretty much no comment for right now. I mean, we don't know all the facts, and it's just like how Zuni says, just kind of hard to comment on that when you don't know exactly what happened and everything in detail. <clears throat> Unfortunate to see. Uh, I guess the one thing I can say is, um, I'm glad it wasn't tax branding behind this one. I guess it's really it, but I mean, that's just me being petty, but yeah, it's kind of fucked, yeah, to be honest. I hear you, man. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and just move on from that whole thing. Uh, earlier, uh, about 12 hours earlier, uh, Mississippi State head coach, former Texas Tech head coach, Mike Leach, as you may remember, uh, he actually suffered a massive heart attack where he was airlifted to Mississippi Hospital in Jackson, where a day later he uh, passed away. Um, obviously, a very emotional time. I mean, he is the reason that many of us today are texas tech fans he is the all-time winningest coach in texas tech football history won absolutely everywhere he went whether it was tech or washington state or even mississippi state i mean the guy just knew how to win and he always did it his way uh he changed the game of football with the air raid offense i mean what you see today with the whole spread system that started with him they didn't think you can win that way. They they called everybody that played underneath him a system quarterback or a system receiver or whatever it may be. They they were all system guys. Well, isn't that kind of what you want? You know, you you want this player, this coach, to fit that system, and um, he really kind of revolutionized recruiting as well. Considering that he recruited guys to fit his system, he recruited those big arms. He recruited the offensive linemen that could pass block extremely well, you know, receivers that were really good route runners and, um, you know, obviously not running backs too much considering it is air raid system, but you know, it mm-hmm. is, um, it, it is very sad you know, to see one of the all time greats just, uh, pass away and, you know, just very, very early, you know, and unexpected. Um, I think it's note to say that he also developed an incredible, coaching tree. Um, I mean, just look at some of the names, Daniel Holgerson, Lincoln Riley, Sonny Dykes, Dave Aranda. I guess you could throw Cliff Kingsbury in there, even though he's a player underneath him and just so many other guys. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving a few off of that list, but he, he really does have a coaching tree and um, one that actually happened, I believe it was either today or yesterday, uh, Eric Morris to North Texas. Now the new head coach out there in North Texas. He's also a leech disciple as well. So even uh, in his death, he still has his coaching tree reaching out. Just keep on branching out, man. And um, of course, he was known for his awesome pressers and interviews. You know, uh, one of my legendary, 
Yes, legendary absolutely person. legendary. Uh, one of my favorite um, quotes from him actually came from a journalist who interviewed him uh, a couple years back. And he, uh, he asked, uh, so I hear you only have uh, 10 or, or you only have eight plays in your entire playbook. Is that correct? And he just takes a step back like, no, like sound all offended. Like, no, I don't have eight plays. It's more like 10. But if you always notice, like in his systems and his schemes on, on offense, he really only ran like three different formations. It was never, you know, five, six, seven, like different things. Try to confuse the defense. No, like he, he knew what they were doing. And with that, he gave Texas Tech an identity early on. I mean, he didn't have a losing season at Texas Tech. I don't think he had a Big 12 losing season or a losing record in the Big 12. You know, he was that good. And Texas Tech became known as the place where they run the air raid. They, we, we were, you know, we, we were that team. I mean, you have three 5,000-yard passers to account for. You know, what other coach can say that? You know, that, that's just that Texas uh, Tech. I don't. I don't know what he did with Gardner Minshew there at uh, Washington State. I don't know if he. Yeah, you know, for his for his uh, weak of an arm, as no disrespect to Minshew by any means, but this man's arm is. is my man will throw some ducks, so he got the best out of Gardner Minshew too. To be honest with you, I mean, Mike Leach is just like all over college football as far as it, yeah, his impact. You know what I mean? Like he definitely um put the spread offense on the map, put Tech, I guess, on the map. You could argue it, but I mean. I think he really did. I mean, he was there for the Crabtree years and the upsets, you know. So I mean, like, it's a it's sad to see him go, man. I mean, it it really sucks. Fun fact: uh, his uh, winning percentage all time is just a uh, shade under seventy percent. So, to to Jonah's testament about this man winning everywhere he went, he won everywhere he went and did it in hilarious fashion too. <laughs> Some of my pressers were yeah. just when he was like, "What's a like?" I don't remember. Was it a Twitter? He was like Twitter. What does like the fart noise? Like whatever the hell that is. Like <laughs> he was, yeah, he was definitely one of a kind, man. There, there will so. never be another Mike Leach. There will never be anybody with that kind of charisma. Um, yeah, I, I loved it, especially when uh, um, the media would ask him just random questions about like, hey, do you have any? I'm getting married soon. Do you have any? Do you have any marriage advice? Or do you have any <laughs> wedding advice? You know, like he would he always give like direct answers to it he he's a guy that really just said whatever the flip was on his mind <laughs> he did not very blunt. care very he, blunt um keeping it real kind of go over real quick i mean do you have a favorite mike leach moment uh it could be on the field it could be a presser do you have anything zoom um honestly i really liked it when he put the mustache on with the with Minshew. <laughs> i thought that was a pretty like uh I guess a solidifying moment for me. I mean, like, there's, I mean, you could have like your your bad blood from tech, right? But I mean, with that mustache and the Minshew Mania, I think that was a that was a cool run, like another nice little story around the whole Mike Leach and his whole um, his whole staff. So I'd say that's probably one of my one of the underrated ones, one of my favorite ones though for sure. You could tell that man loved his quarterback. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, what about you, Nesto? You got a favorite moment that comes to mind? Yeah, probably that interview where you said um, where he's giving the marriage advice. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch this day, man. He was, he, he was, he was great. You know, definitely. Um, I always, I always loved the uh, the egg bowl. That was something to look forward to. We only got three years of it, unfortunately. 
uh, you know, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, two extraordinarily pers- big personalities on both sides in that rivalry game. Um, uh, I believe Lane Kiffin actually came out and said, like, you know, hey, I'm glad his last win was against me. And it was. Yeah. Um, the Egg Bowl. And that was, um, yeah, that was, that was a really good gesture by Lane Kiffin there. And, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a lot of, um, a lot of outpour, a lot of, you know, just very heartfelt messages. And there's so many players that took to the social media describing their relationship with Mike Leach, uh, the lives he really impacted and the relationships that he kept and maintained with all of his players, even, you know, well after they graduated and moved on. And it was, um, yeah, it was very, very touching to see. And uh, with that, I think just, um, just going to go ahead and take just a quick moment of silence for the pirate. Thanks, boys. You are. And uh, as you can see, we are dedicating this episode to Mike Leach. Um, yeah. So going ahead and uh, still trying to process that and going ahead and moving on to it. Just to add on to the, I guess, um, crazy events that have had that have happened this week for Texas Tech. Uh, six Texas Tech football players hit the transfer portal today. Today's Wednesday, by the way. And we've had six players already hit the portal today, being uh, defensive back Reggie Pearson, corner Amari Jones, defensive lineman Philip Blitty, offensive lineman Michael Shanahan, Larry Moore, and Ethan Card. Of those six, Reggie Pearson and Philip Blitty are kind of the biggest losses out of them. And, of course, so, some of those guys could potentially come back. As we know with the transfer portal and with NIL, it essentially becomes free agency. You know, these guys will you know enter, the, enter their name in the transfer portal just to kind of see what's out there and to see what kind of offers they can get and potential NIL deals that they can get. And if they don't really see anything, they could just come back. We've seen this happen before, and that's just the new normal in college football as of right now. Um, And I think to provide just a a little bit of context as to why so many players into the portal all of a sudden is that uh, Texas Tech, with with the NIL deals they gave back in – Back in August, Texas Tech gives monetary awards to its athletes who have good grades, and they are awarded money so long as they don't enter the transfer portal before the last days of the semester, which actually was yesterday. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of these names, you know, fly in there. It, it's essentially equates to um, keeping a job to get the bonus and then bouncing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But. Do you, do you guys have any comments on that? Any takes on it, Zoom? I mean, we're not, you know, A and M right now, so I mean, that's cool. <laughs> so that's true. They're <laughs> yeah, losing half their we, team. So everybody I mean, has the right to do what they want. Yeah, I mean, it's no, 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 um, no bad blood, like you said. Uh, what I present the question to y'all is, um, do y'all think a rule will get put in by the NCAA? For, regarding for these dress report regarding, regarding the regarding the I guess the way you can kind of not cheat the system but I mean I guess go into a transfer portal and essentially just like shop around for yourself I mean I guess you've always been able to do that but with the deals now that are gonna go on it's like I don't I, know I, I think eventually I, I feel like it's the wild wasteland right now right but I feel like at some point some structure is gonna come from it right I think organically I, I assume I assume organically it would happen, but do you think the NCAA will try to, uh, I guess, put something like just forth just just for the time being? I guess you could say. 
or you think they'll just let it roll the way it's been? Well, it did add a windows to the transfer portal. Uh, there's like a 45 day window and another 15 day window. Um, as periods as you can enter it. So you can't just enter it at any time. You have to do it within those windows. You don't have to commit within those windows, but you do have to you do have to enter your name within that um, that time frame. I believe one's in the winter and then the other ones in the uh, in spring. So or, or or in the summer. I, I don't exactly remember which one, but they have implemented that thinking that it would slow the rate of the transfer portal. Uh, it did not. It didn't. Uh, so no. yeah, if anything, it did. <laughs> Actually, the opposite of it, from the looks of it, but in my opinion. I, uh, <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know what you're saying about entering the portal only to come back to your school. Mm-hmm. I think, may, like, maybe that would. Um, it kind of sounds like a good idea on paper, but I don't know if it really would work out that well. As far as like, if you enter the name of the portal, you have to leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, yeah. that would be a rule that you know. I think players would kind of think about. Like, it, it would take that yeah, might yeah. actually lower the number a little bit. Because mm-hmm. like if you enter the portal, you have to leave. You cannot stay your school, or if you do stay your school, or you lose a year of eligibility. You lose a year, you know, yeah. So like I mean, um, I I might be in favor of that. Just kind of like l- reduce the number of players yeah. in the portal because like I'm like, all for you shopping for your, like I'm all for you shopping for your best interest, right? But then it comes to the point where like if if you're really trying to make money off your name, right? It, it just wouldn't make sense. I mean, Devin Leary out of NC State, right? We'll use him for an example. He's was considered a dark horse, you know, Heisman contender. Probably not going to get the biggest. I mean, NC State did well, but he didn't get the – he could get a bigger buzz being at a bigger school like Michigan. You see what I'm saying? So, if Michigan, off, so if Michigan offers him the money to, like, go and dip, I mean, they very well could. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. it's like <laughs> – I feel like something – should be in place for so because right now it seems like it's getting abused but who knows maybe in a year from now it'll, it'll be calmed down it's still all new like we said but um i'm curious to see what uh what comes about it it was just a question just yeah, presented and, to you and something that has really changed is that you don't just recruit a player once and then you're done. Like you get them to your school. Yeah, I guess that's you're a good done. Point. Like no, you're you're recruiting them every day. You're trying to provide them reasons like to stay at your school, to buy into your system, buy into what you're selling. And uh, if they do buy in, they are obviously more likely to stay all four years. Um, but if they're just maybe not getting the playing time that they need, or they feel like they can get you know bigger money elsewhere, I wonder um, if, if uh, that really drives them. So it's. It's it's a lot of different factors that go into players transferring. So I wonder if uh, scholarships will start to be like the the contracts, so to speak. The if you we'll give you the scholarship, but you have to play at the school for two years. You know what I mean, or something like that. A year yeah, and a half, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. I wonder if it would. Like it you'll get all this money if you play for you know this this amount of time. Exactly. No. So I don't know. I could see the contract uh, contracts being the, the the scholarships. I guess you could say. Yeah. Or that this college is being the contracts of the league. I don't know. Pretty interesting. It's a wild time to see how um how this is gonna go. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. We're, we're not A and M, so I mean we have six <laughs> six guys in total. So <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, that's that, really uh, my comment on that, really. So yeah, I mean yeah, at least we're not A and M. I mean we have. I mean we, we I think we have at least ten guys in the portal now. We discussed uh, four of them on the previous episode. The me and Nesta. Oh, that's right. Of course, with I Dom mean, and Smith entering the portal, which was no real surprise. I mean, I I, I have no. Bat blow Donovan Smith. I hope it goes and balls out wherever he goes, uh, as long as it's not AM or UT. And uh, yeah, that's kind of my take on that. But, um, you know, getting back to the portal itself, I mean, you could potentially see teams 
uh, that go to these bowl games that do have a number of players that hit the portal and uh, or opt out of the bowl game, choose not to play. You can see teams that wouldn't be able to field a competitive team and just pull out of the bowl games they were supposed to go to because of the transfer portal. So I think mm-hmm. it's important to kind of like regulate that. I think a regulation for it will come. Uh, same with NIL. Uh, I do think that the, uh, how do I put this? The NIL and transfer portal are the best and worst things to ever happen in college football or college sports in general, I should say. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of my my take on that. Um, but some good news that uh, about the transfer portal is that Texas Tech got a commit from CJ Baskerville, former three-star defensive back San from San Diego State, who is said to replace Marquise Waters at that star position next season. Um, pretty big shoes to fill if that's the case. He's kind of a he's a tall, lanky guy. He's six uh, two, one ninety. Would like to see him get up to like at least two hundred uh, this off season. Eat easily, you can do that. You know, just get some more muscle on you. Um, but Joel yeah, I think five, he's going to be five. a pretty pretty big impact player. Uh, but kind of getting back to uh, Reggie Pearson as well, transferring. He that that one really surprises me because he said he was going to be back next year. Granted, he didn't say where he was going to be back to. Like he's going to be back playing football. Hey, yeah, but yeah, you know, he didn't say like where exactly he was going to play. He didn't specifically say Texas Tech. He just said he was going to be back. So you know, yeah, he, he he didn't lie at all. But he seemed like a guy who was really bought into McGuire's system and to uh, Deruder's system as well. It's 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 a weird that 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 one really is is odd to me. But you know, hey. Best of luck, Reggie. And uh, I, I'm really sad we lost Philip Blitty, but I can see why because we have so many um, big defensive linemen coming in mm-hmm. as well. He he was a pretty pretty good player for us. He was really a rotational piece on that defensive line. Uh, he, he's going to be a stud wherever he goes. And um, you know, unfortunately, with um, uh, John Hutchings and Tony Bradford Jr. both coming back next season, his mm-hmm. snaps are going to be a little limited on defense. He wants to be a full-time starter instead of just a rotational piece. And that I absolutely do understand. Um, whoever gets them is going to, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to love him. Actually, he, he's going to be a full-time star wherever he goes. And uh, another one that kind of is a little surprising to me is Michael Shanahan. He transferred in last year from UT Martin, where he was an FCS All-American, came here. I think they switched him to guard. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he was a tackle. They put him at guard, um, and yeah, like he he's decided to um, you know maybe move on. Didn't get the start yeah. this year, uh, which is kind of which I is kind of interesting it. because Texas Tech is offensive line has been you know shaky to say the least, you know inconsistent to say the best, honestly. And you, you can start on this offensive line, <laughs> so that's I, I don't, to me that kind of. Speak for itself, but maybe, still, maybe there's no bad blood. Mike Shanahan, you know, wishing the best of luck going forward. Same with uh, Larry Moore, who I believe got kind of screwed over because he was um, switched to defensive line. He was uh, he, he made a position change from O line to D line, lost some weight so he could be a little more athletic and agile, and then he got switched right back to offensive line. So that kind of, uh, yeah, that that would kind of frustrate me a little bit too. And I, I really do, do, do hope that he finds um finds this wherever he goes, as well as Ethan Card. Uh, he was a starter for the 2020 season, that COVID year at left tackle, got beat out uh, uh, next year in 2021, and was on the team this past season. Um, good tackle, you know. I think he just sustained several back injuries that really just sidelined him and uh, didn't quite recover from it until I think earlier this year he fully recovered from it. 
Uh, but yeah, he, he has another year of eligibility and, uh, you know, I wish all these guys best, best of luck moving forward. So anything you guys want to add on anything you got to uh, zoom your nest? I mean, I've, I know I've done the bulk of the talking today, but you guys have anything you want to add on? <laughs> no, we're good. I'm good. I'm as, fine. as far I'm as transfers. Good. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I mean, you pretty much hit it. I mean, I was surprised with Pearson considering that he did get a lot of some PT during the year. So, um, it was starting. Well, I mean, yeah, he was, you know, so I mean, it's kind of like surprising, but I get it. I mean, might see the a new opportunity somewhere else. So I'm not going any of the other guys. Defensive line was kind of our one of our strengths this past season. Kind of surprising to see him go, but I get it, man. Some of our depth pieces can be starters some somewhere else. So I mean, do what you got to do, right? We were just talking about the money, so <laughs> yeah, that's that, that always that always be a factor. Yeah, I think that's the- not really. It's just, I mean, they they choose to do what they want to do and just got to wish them good luck. That's all you yeah. really can do. Just Absolutely. not against tech. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I know some people do. are uh, – I also really do get frustrated when a you know star player does transfer, um, like the player I'm about to get to here in a second. Um, but I think it's important to remember now that – there's no loyalty in college football or college sports in general, I should say. And it's, it's really just free agency. You know, it's whoever is who where, it's wherever I'm going to get the playing time and whoever wants to pay me. <laughs> so that's really what it, really what it boils down to. And that's just the new normal. It's something we're going to have to get used to. And yeah, it, it shouldn't be that way, but it is now. So, and I'm, I'm all for players I mean, making money. I'm all for players. I mean, it was playing. like that before. Let's be honest. It's just it was, was kind of like that, but it wasn't to this. Now extent. it's out there, though. Yeah, now it's out there. So we're seeing it now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just, then, it's just over then, the table. Yeah. Hey, now I can point to each team and be like, y'all ass straight up. Y'all paid <laughs> how much? <laughs> like, I could actually put a dollar amount to how terrible <laughs> they spent. <laughs> hey, that's some boosters, man. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine spending a million dollars on an NIL deal for a kid. And he sucks. Sucks. <laughs> he sucks. Terrible. Terrible. That, that's kind of wild. That'd be uh these five star ratings, four star ratings, they might actually be looking at them like that was a five star bust. That's crazy to think about, <laughs> but <laughs> he probably got three million though <laughs> during his time. Probably in, uh, in college, yeah, I mean, something like that. Yeah. His life is I mean, at least at least for like a good section of your life anyways that, that shit ain't gonna last you that long bro three mil question, you, like, you, you, you know, can make it you can make it last long. but i mean yeah you gotta it, live it, humbly it, is what you I'm invest saying. and make yourself you know i guess your own boss you're right nesta i'm gonna go to shark tank bro i got it it's kind of wild now it's kind of wild now in college like you're gonna see players making more money than their position coaches you know, like imagine like a five star DN signing a certain players, three million dollar NIL deal against his coach is not making three million dollars, you know, and he's yelling at you, getting in your face. Like, how how you really coach that? How, how are you really gonna take that? Especially if they have you know kind of some attitude issues, attitude problems mm-hmm. that you know mo- that many players do have. It's like how how are you really gonna feel about that? Like you're making more than a position ever... coach, and they're getting in your face about it. You know, that's I don't, I don't know. That's just kind of an interesting concept to think about. I wonder if that. I wonder if they'll do something like a cap situation, like similar yeah, to how yeah, they it, how it each school regulated. gets how each school At gets their point. number of scholarships. You know, 
a yeah. saying for the amount that you could actually legitimately offer. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I just feel like it's a matter of time before something happens where they're going to be forced into doing something. Yeah, Some, somebody's going to break like the some, system, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's always the one person that's going to mess it up for for everybody, and and that's when changes come. I mean, it's I, just about I, to happen. I wonder if it will happen because of football, though. Like, watch it be a baseball deal, bro. Because baseball, I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, crazy. straight up, I mean, they yeah. do go crazy, bro. So, like, <laughs> I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if like the top tier baseball program out there is like, you know what? We'll throw two hundred fifty at this kid. Come play for a year. <laughs> <laughs> play for a year, geez. Go play for a year, bro. I mean, it's true. I mean, you get drafted out of the majors pretty early at a young age. Mm-hmm. They they trying to get yeah. you into the into their farming system essentially. So, it, it it honestly wouldn't surprise me if a college like really looked at a a star baseball player and said, "We'll give you three hundred k if you play for us this year." <laughs> Insane to think about, but I mean, who knows? It's definitely their options, man. It's definitely their options, you know. Um. But yeah, like you were mentioning, I think it, it will get regulated. Same thing with the transfer portal. I think NIL and right, right now it's just the Wild West, you know, and they're just trying to figure out how to maybe go about regulating it. But it, it, it will come um, probably later than sooner, but it, it will come. Like you said, it's always that one person that messes things up for everybody. So uh, just, yeah. it's, I just watch it be the most obscure sport, man. It's going to be like Harvard trying to buy like the best like wrestler. In the I mean, watch it be some you random. Know, I mean, right. in the <laughs> It'd be something random, man. I swear. Watch it be some random school too, like you know, I don't know, Florida University. Atlantic. It'll be Florida know, Atlantic. Like <laughs> Memphis paying you know ten Florida million dollars for this five star. Like I don't know, like for basketball or something, or I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I definitely can. I, I can see that happening. So, shifting gears to basketball now, but still kind of sticking with the same theme. Center Fardos Amac has entered the transfer portal today. Um, you know, big seven foot center transfer from Utah Valley, where he averaged, I think, 19 points a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, he averaged like 10 rebounds a game. He, he was one of the one of two players, I think, in the country last season who averaged a double double. Um, so, he, he was expected he was to be. Really, yeah, he's a really good player when he transferred. Expected to be a very impactful on the offensive side. Uh, did suffer a broken foot in the offseason and up to this point had never played a single minute. He's going to transfer, never having played a single minute on the court today. And according to Jeff Goodman, now keep in mind this is Jeff Goodman, he does not like Texas Tech and has uh, been, been a pretty big hater of this school <laughs> so kind of takes this a grain of salt or however you want to take it but um, according to him he entered the portal because he felt like he was being rushed back too soon uh, was slated to re- return January 1st though could the date could have been pushed back a little bit later um, obviously he was in a cast for like 12 weeks and got the cast off um, it was like Sunday or Monday before the game and he um yeah, he, he was excited to finally return. Um, I don't know if these are discussions that he had with um, with himself or with coaches or with his family um, earlier on, maybe a few weeks ago, saying that he was trying to trying to leave. Or, but I I don't know. I I, I really don't know like what went into his decision. I don't know the guy. I'm not I'm not you know close to any officials on the uh, on the Texas Tech team. 
So I really don't know. But if you were expecting this offense that Texas Tech has had to just be magically fixed because of Fardos when he returned, and it could have been, you know, a lot, you know, he could have patched up some holes, but he he wasn't going to be the whole fix for the offensive side, which has been very stagnant. Uh, if you watch the last two games against Eastern Washington, Nickel State, you barely etched out a win against both of those teams. You know, Eastern Washington, Nickel State, those freaking juggernauts of college basketball. Hey, you know, man. Hey, uh, some respect some on the quad hands. four teams. I mean, it's no disrespect <laughs> to them, but man, they are not, they're, they're not good teams. And you're barely beating bad teams. You know, the, these teams wouldn't hold a candle to anybody else you would play this year in the Big 12, and you're struggling to beat them. Not a good sign for when you enter conference play in the toughest college basketball conference in the country. And I will I will go on record saying that I think the Big 12 is the toughest college basketball conference in the country. It's an 18 round knockout dragout fight to the finish. So uh, I will say though, when listening, because earlier today I was listening to RC Maxfield's Twitter space as he spoke. Um, uh, he 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 is close to a team official who said that the um, the offense was going to run through him. You know, like he he was talking about, they were talking a little bit, talking about Fardos. He came up, he said to him that, yes, when he comes back healthy, we got a lot of plans for him on offense. The offense will essentially run through him and, you know, the team's going to look a lot more fluid and everything like that. And this is like 48 hours ago. So, and then today he has the portal and Twitter kind of blows up about it. Now, Twitter is a very reactionary platform, as we know. I think most social media platforms are very reactionary, but... You know, still, we we have Bacho. We have Bacho returning. He has been a breakout player, and um, but Bacho's he would have started nice. over Bacho. And I I don't know. Maybe felt threatened. I, I, I it was hard to believe that he would feel threatened by Dino Bacho, even though he has been a breakout star for us. But kind of want to get y'all's takes on this. Um, just kind of where you're sitting at, where you're feeling at about this whole Farros Amac transferring, and just kind of the basketball team as a whole. We'll start with you, Um Yeah, no, I mean, it kind of sucks. I mean, he never even played a single minute for us, so that's that, that blows the whole double-double thing, his stats. That's another thing that's definitely, you know, could would have been nice elements of our offense. Um, but, I mean, as much as it hurts, like, I think uh, I, th- I think we'll be okay. I mean, he could always come back, right? Or are we still on this whole transfer thing where <laughs> I... they go in, they're, <laughs> they're, they're taking off? I don't know. I mean, maybe he's feeling it out. Maybe he doesn't like Lubbock. Maybe maybe he just doesn't like the vibe of our coaching staff. I, I don't know. It's all behind the scenes thing. I definitely don't think it's for basketball reasons, personally. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want that? Your, your coaching staff is telling you, you're going to be the guy here. We're going to make everything run through you. You're the guy, essentially, and decides to dip. So I honestly think it's basketball reasons aside. Maybe he's homesick. I don't know. But um, besides that, I – I mean, if he's not going to be a part of the team, cool. More more power to him. Good luck. See ya. But the guys who are on the team, um, I'm I'm okay with uh, what we got, to be honest with you. Bacho been nice. How are you saying? Emerging star. I think Kevin O'Banner has been holding it down for us these past couple games, being that nice senior presence for us, you know. So, um, yeah. And on top of that, I think uh, Pop Isaacs is, to me, he's, he's, yeah. he's, becoming, he's becoming a go-to, you know. So, I mean, there's definitely talent on this team, and so it's. I mean, we're, we've been winning without them, and I know, I know you're knocking the the previous two wins, but I mean, a win is a win is a win, right? So, 
I mean, I guess uh, on to Jackson State is really all I can say to that. Happy to have the guy on the team. Like I said, if we we're we're gonna make him the go-to guy, our Timmy D, our Drummond, you know what I mean? But uh, it, it's cool. I get it. It just would have been nice to see him, you know. Now looking in hindsight, like Bacho, you know him, O'Banner. It would have been a nice, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I always get it confused. Is it front court or back court? It's front court, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it it, it would have been nice the, to have all three of those guys on the court. Yeah, it would have been nice. Size, it would have been you know. nice to have that size. You know what I mean? It, it would have been seven foot six eight. You got Bacho being as tall as he. It, it would have been cool. You know, defensively, yeah, two seven footers out there. It, it would have been. It would have been nice, but it's cool now. It's I mean, on to the next one, right? Absolutely, man. What about Jackson you, State? That's how I feel. Um, I feel like it's a pretty disappointing blow. Essentially, because when you have like a very offensively skilled basketball player like him, um, it kind of takes the ease off of your guards, and 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 it also opens more abilities, and you know, in the offense, and and trying to spot up shoot for three, or just even in the mid range, and it also you know uh, opens lanes to drive. So it's pretty disappointing to you know never see him play a single minute. <laughs> never um, suited up not even in the jersey <laughs> yeah i mean i agree with zuni in the fact that i don't think it's basketball related because i mean if you're gonna be the guy somewhere especially somewhere like here like uh texas tech like why Who's wouldn't you want that success yeah yeah mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want that so i don't i don't think it's basketball related at all something must have happened or he just must have felt uncomfortable that is what i'm gonna go with um, something just wasn't right to him. And I mean, he has every right to do what he wants, but uh, it's pretty disappointing. I don't think that the team is better off without him like Zuni or like, not that the team's better off without him, but like that will still be fine. I don't know. I kind of see that uh, the next couple of games are going to be uh, besides Jackson state are going to be kind of a, a gruel, like kind of a you know, hard stepping stone for, for tech right now. In the basketball world, it's not looking good. I don't think it's looking good. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think the sky's falling on this Texas Tech basketball program. I, I don't think it is. Uh, you know, but I will say, if you continue to play the way that you are playing right now, I mean, it's going to be a long ride in the Big Twelve. It's going to be a long season from here on out, and I think you're going to see more guys in the transfer portal. You know, because. You talk about these last two games. I mean, yeah, a win's a win. I'll, I'll take it. You know, when it comes to you know March and you go over the wins. I mean, what's your overall record? I mean, you're not thinking back to beating Nickel State by seven or beating uh, uh, Eastern Washington by seven as well. You're just looking at the wins as a whole. The committee will do the same thing. You know, but this offense has looked just so suspect. The defense has been leaving guys wide open for three they have not been playing up to that mark adams standard that we've come Mm -hmm. to know and love at texas tech that that you know grinding defense that gritty defense that that we all talk about and your best player your your i mean not your best player but your best recruit that you've had in school history a five-star five-star guard elijah fisher barely getting on the court he's barely seeing any minutes right now so it is a little worrisome right now i think i think 
as a fan, you have the right to be a little concerned about what's really going on. I'm not going to go over the top and say like, oh, I don't think Mark Adams is, is doing a great job. Maybe we uh, start looking for a new coach. And I was just like, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to say that because Mark Adams has done more than enough to prove that he can stay, that he can figure out a way and he can fight it. It, it always seems then, like then, when then you, Jonah, when why you don't count you trust out Texas them? Tech. Why don't no, you do. trust them? Okay. Well, I, I, I do trust them. I do. I'm giving him a chance. But I'm just saying if this continues on, then okay, maybe they were right and we were wrong. Maybe we're just I, hear, I, hear, I hear some so, cause for concern. Maybe maybe yeah. the players don't trust them. That's, I think that's more also of a, be another thing. I mean I mean personally, I mean closer games, you kind of try to rely on your seniors a bit, right? That's kind of the especially since it's still early in the season. Also on top of that, I just want to point out that if we were planning on um uh, I don't even. I can't. I can never pronounce it. Dark. Dark salt. I can't. I can't pronounce it. You're gonna have to help me out. It's such a weird name. But homie, that's transferring. Ardos <laughs> okay. Amac. Like, I'm not gonna bother, man. I'm just gonna butcher his name. But if uh, who's to say we weren't uh, already, I guess, trying to prepare ourselves to to transition into him being the guy of the offense. You know what I mean? Not to not to say. I guess take away touches from my guards, but I guess get them used to it. I guess you could say maybe the scheming was different offensively because we had him in mind to come back in a in a week essentially, or not a week in like two weeks. He was slated to play, play on the first, I think, January. So yeah, come yeah. back right. So that was that was but, but, slated but, time to come back. Obviously, you got rehab that you got you got to deal with. So I so and, what and I'm I would is, expected him more to see it around maybe the. Like middle of January, like maybe like well, a week or two later. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, right now we we just realized that now we have to pivot. You know what I mean? We weren't, yeah. we didn't know we had a pivot literally a day ago or two days ago because, like you said, the reports came out like we're telling him exactly what we're gonna do. You, you the plan think, for you him. You don't think that makes things worse though? I mean, I'm not gonna say like we're not. Obviously, we'd be better for it, but I, I won't sit here and look at it and scream the the, the the sky is falling either, man. Like, um, there's still talented players on this team, you know, and um, we're still beating games and doing it ugly, which is something that you should be capable if you're going to be a team that goes far in the Big Twelve. That's just all I gotta say. You gotta be able to win the ugly ones. Essentially, is what I'm trying to get to, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your ugly ones should come against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You know, uh, those I don't know. You know, those are the ugly ones that you that you want to want to get a victory out. You know, like and those are just ugly type games as well. Where you're just not clicking, and like so I far said, this maybe, offense has just not been clicking. Maybe today. maybe he doesn't trust the the youngins to to be the ones to to take the big shots right now. I mean, yeah. I mean the games right now. I don't want to say don't matter, but. I mean, it's still early in the season. I mean, people have short memories. Come yeah. come March, you know. I mean, as long as we're doing well in division and so on and so forth, I think we'd be fine. But um, I just, like I just said, think it's hard to come out of a stagnant offense if you don't figure things out. I get that. that, that, get that that's you. a that, that's a problem that can persist pretty long if you don't figure it out pretty quick. So that's the only reason that why I think there should be like a little bit of like a worriedness. I think there should Sense be a little more air. of a worriness with our with our three point shot, but I mean, you just gotta keep taking more shots. I mean, that, that's how I look at it personally. If you may, you just gotta do the Russell Westbrook uh, uh, approach, bro. Hey, Jack, hey, they gotta go in at some shot. point, right? You gotta go in at some point, bro. If you started <laughs> thirty three shots, thirty three three pointers, and you hit 
11 of those, that's 33 points. <laughs> you know, you're not even shooting, you're shooting a third of your of your <laughs> three points and you're still getting 33 points off of, off of, off of 11 mm-hmm. shots. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of points on the board, just saying. Now let's just imagine saying. taking 33 threes and making none of them. <laughs> That's zero point. Don't put that out. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Living down. That is a real. That's a real possibility. Hey, you're you're not wrong, but I mean, we got the players to see. Come on, Tyson got to make more shots. That's all I got to say. Yeah, Pop Isaacs has been doing a wonderful job too. Pop Isaacs has been nice, man. Yeah, I really like uh, David Harmon transition too. I I really think he's a he's a great player, you know, and he just needs to. You need to take I, more shots, man. That's yeah, sometimes that's you just gotta believe. let players lose, though. Yeah, that's, a, that's also another thing. Just let them lose, man. Let them play. Let, let your shooter shoot. You know, shooter shoot. <laughs> but yeah, I needless to say, sure. like, yeah, but I mean, needless to say, if if we don't figure things out, and and this might just be like, I don't think it's a a lack of uh, uh, schematics. I don't think it's a schematic standpoint. I think you you brought in Steve Green from a reason. Won multiple national championships at South Plains College up there in Lubbock at the, at the JUCO level. Um, of course, you know, yeah, it's a JUCO level, but still, you know, he has great offensive schemes designed for his certain style of players and for this team as well. I think you know it, it's fair to trust him. He he knows what he's doing. Mark Adams knows what he's doing. Corey Williams knows what he's doing. So the coaching staff, they 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 know what they're doing. They're always going to do their best to put players in a position to win. And I think at this point, we we don't need to doubt that. But if you don't see results soon, then, okay, maybe it is cause for concern. Maybe it's time to go ahead and question some things. You know, and that's really that's really all I'm saying when it comes down to it. And this might just be a, a, a chemistry thing as well. Maybe these guys are just, you know, because it is a new team. It is early on in the season. Mm-hmm. You are sitting at 7-2, and two, I believe. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, you, you got to figure out that team chemistry. You got to figure out that that uh, that rhythm. Got to get in that rhythm. You know, you know, know each what? I will give you this: if we struggle against Jackson State, uh, like we look bad offense, I, I'll give you more cause for concern. How about that? Three games in a row. Yeah, I mean, yeah. One is a fluke. <sighs> two anomaly. Three. Okay, you might just be a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would it. rather just say, let's see what happens in the next three games. I, I personally wanted to see how we how we're gonna look conference wise when we play uh uh TCU? what yeah when we started against TCU. that's the first also right or is it uh, uh, that's that, that's thirty first thirty first thirty first that's what it was yeah. I mean yeah. the, I think they're ranked right now right TCU's like twenty one I think be a good game for us man. So, yeah, I mean, that's I playing that game. By the way, they're playing that game against first, Jackson so. State on a neutral site too in Houston, actually. You know, which is kind of kind of weird because then you have to take on Houston Christian the next week at in Lubbock, and then you play South Carolina State, and then yeah, you uh you play at TCU on the thirty first. Wouldn't mind going to that game if the tickets weren't two hundred ninety dollars. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know. Tired of being everybody's Super Bowl. <laughs> Still his playbook. It's a good one. Yeah, they need some dogs um, right now, do they? Absolutely, man. Yeah, the I, I just think these next three games are going to be crucial uh, to fix your offensive woes, especially yeah. since ah. you got TCU and Kansas right next to each other. Those are two tough tests coming up very soon. Two good ones. TCU I'd has say. lost a gimme game this year, though, against um, a team of the caliber of like Nickel State or. 
EWU. They had I, I forget who it is against, but they did lose a gimme. So That's how bad they were. I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh I guess it's gonna go ahead and wrap up the sports talk that we have today. Uh kind of wanted to end this on a positive note. I'm just going to go ahead and start because it is the holiday season. want to just list off, like just kind of go around uh, listing off our top three Christmas movies of all time. I'm talking these are these are the bangers. These are the heavy hitters that we got for, you, for us. Like Christmas on the 25th is just not the same unless you've seen these three movies before that date. You know, so let's 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 start with you, Zuni. Top three Christmas movies of all time. Go. Man, that's hard. I wish I would have thought about this one a little more <laughs> earlier. Unprepared. Nesto, let's go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> ooh, man, I love The Grinch. I never get tired of the movie. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that one. That's so I love bad, The Grinch. Um, I was going to say, I, I do enjoy Elf a lot. I really do. I know people don't like Will Ferrell movies. Though? Top three? I, it's a no, good movie, Christmas man. Movie? It's a, a top three Christmas movie though. No way, bro! I'm not buying that. I ain't buying that. Uh, what you selling? I ain't buying. But I'm uh, to think. Look, Christmas shoes. Um, what's the movie called with that little boy that dresses in the bunny suit? Uh, Ralphie. Uh, Christmas Story. There you go. That that for sure. I just watched that for the first time like three days ago. I loved it. That's in my that's in my top three as well. That's in my top three. A Christmas story. Honestly, yes, I bro. really it's very good. It's very good. I really like the first Santa Claus movie with the Tim Allen. I really do. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty good. good. It's a pretty solid one. Yeah. I liked that one a lot as a kid. Um I think I'll throw that one in there for sure. I don't want to throw Home Alone because it's just kind of cheesy. So I do Home Alone three because that one's a classic. Didn't have Macaulay Culkin in it, but still good movie. <sighs> I don't like any of the Home Alones, bro. No, the third mm-hmm. one's good. Give the I, third just, one I just, thought, I just thought it was good. kind of like, uh, I don't know, just yeah, never really cared for it. Well, maybe I we can take this time to maybe sell the debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh yeah, it is. No, yeah, it's <laughs> kids play during Christmas, so it's a Christmas movie. It's got a lot of Christmas <laughs> I, quotes in it. It's not top three, though. I will say it's not top three. This is just your top three. It's in like honestly all, of all times. Just your top three. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, Jonah, it's not in my top three. <laughs> Honestly, I, I really like some of the old, like, Claymation movies. Oh, okay. I just can't remember. Like, like Rudolph? This, yeah, like uh, Rudolph? the Claws yeah. one. The Claws? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's called Claws. Uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> a movie on Cartoon Network that would always come on. Uh, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. I do. Remember yes. movie, yeah. I, I would always see that. <laughs> As a kid, man, I remember always seeing that every Christmas. That's how you know. It was Christmas. So you know time. it was Christmas? Because Grandma yeah. got ran over by a raven. <laughs> For sure. I was actually bro. gonna I was actually gonna say like maybe like the first Harry Potter movie, because it's like during like the snow. I mean they play it a lot on like the ABC Family Network or whatever the heck. Or Freeform, whatever it's called now. I mean I, I wouldn't say it's a Christmas movie though. It's a Harry I mean, Potter they, movie. They always do like the Harry Potter like uh movie marathons during like the Christmas holidays though. They do. They do it in the summer too. <laughs> they do it in the spring too, man. <laughs> I mean, they do it in different places. Harry Potter is universal, bro. <laughs> it's not a Christmas thing. I feel like the first one is a Christmas thing because it specifically snows more in that movie than all the other ones. <laughs> is that in your top three? <laughs> yeah, probably not. 
<laughs> wow. Oh, man, you're dragging this on, dude. Man. I can, gotta be I quick. Can. Gotta be rapid fire, man. Jeez. I, I wish I had one. I would go with the claymation, that the Claus one, like okay. where he becomes Santa Claus and meets Mrs. Claus. I'd go with that one. I'd probably go with Elf, and I'd probably go with Santa with uh, Tim Allen. I think that's top three that I could think that's of fair. off the top of my head. Oh, what so, about you, Nesto? What you got? Uh, I'm probably going to stick with The Grinch as number one. That, to me, is just a classic. And also because my girlfriend plays it, like, almost every day <laughs> in December. So, I mean, I'm just glued to that. Um, and uh, I love Nightmare Christmas Before Story. Christmas? Oh, that's a good one too. Oh, oh, that is. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I've I never forgot that about movie. that completely. You've never seen it? I've never seen that movie. Now, <laughs> sure you should see it. You should watch that. Make 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 it a thing to watch that this Christmas season. I just might on Disney Plus. <laughs> I think so. It should be. Yeah. What's next? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's your last one? I cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I said a Christmas story was number two, and then Great number three is is like the is the Santa Claus movie Tim Allen where Jack Frost is that just like Santa Claus three? Yeah, yeah I think that's Santa Claus three. Yeah, I, I like that one personally, so I'm gonna have to throw that in there. That one, Santa Claus three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like nice. it. My... Hey, they're bringing them back. <laughs> I they... know. <laughs> They're bringing another Santa movie back, yeah. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, So my top three, you know, first one, just because it resonates with me so much. I get a lot of nostalgia whenever I see this movie, and I'm just a really big fan of the actor in it. It's got to be the Polar Express, man. I absolutely love the Polar Express. Um, Yeah, it's just, just, it it resonates with me as a young kid. I always had a good time watching it. you know, and I I love that movie. It's like Christmas is not the same unless I see Polar Express at least once. So yeah, gotta put that in there. Next up, got Jim Carrey's The Grinch, man. For a lot of the reasons Nesto just listed out, it's funny. It's got a lot of adult innuendo in it. Uh, every time you watch it, like as an adult, you notice something different, and it's just absolutely hilarious. I absolutely love Jim Carrey's The Grinch. It's awesome. And then another one that you had as well, A uh, Christmas Story. You know that's that's really the only the the Polish press really the only difference that makes our list a little different, um, mm. but yeah, a Christmas story just because we play it every single Christmas Eve because it does like that twenty four hour marathon where it's just always playing, always playing, always playing. But yes, and it's Christmas is not the same unless I you know unless those three movies have been played. So those are my three all time favorite Christmas movies. I'm gonna post this on Twitter. I'm gonna see how much hate it gets us. Probably a lot. So <laughs> go ahead and comment if you, if you want like what your top three Christmas movies of all time are as well. So. Got any final thoughts? Anything we want to say to the fans before we go ahead and wrap this one up? Shout out to my cat. Um, uh, stay stay warm out there wherever you're at. Uh, and yeah, I have a have a hot cocoa on me and on Jonah, <laughs> but we're not paying for it. But have one on me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was really debating on whether we should just do a. Uh, well, like you should just get like a like a bottle of rum, and we just do a little shot for the pirates on behalf of Mike Leach, you know. So, because you know, rum's a pirate drink, apparently. I don't know where that started, but uh, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean, man. Uh, why is yeah. the rum gone? But why is the rum? Why, <laughs> why is the rum gone? <laughs> <laughs> you got any final thoughts, Nesto? 
no shout out to my dogs because they just made a mess everywhere right now. So. Oh, they've been some menaces to <laughs> no society, shout out. Huh? No shout out to my dogs this week. Unfortunate. That picture of Blue is beautiful, though, of her eyes. <laughs> oh, on, on, on my Instagram, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that's beautiful eyes. I know. I wish I had my dogs, Photo too. Max, Max, Maisie, and Molly, all M's. My brother actually recently got a dog, too. Uh, he's got a little, uh, got a little Frenchie named Bernie. So yeah, uh, we're a pro dog podcast here. If you cannot tell, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if y'all don't got anything else, I'll go ahead and just wrap this one up. I want to thank y'all so much for tuning in. For Nathan Zuniga, Nessa Martinez, I'm Joni Young. Saying so long. We'll see you next time here on the Lone Raider Podcast. Goodbye. Peace.